2: the following is a presentation of the force center podcast feed
3: from the center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed i'm ken for another edition of star wars rank being a guest Me and guests, sometimes just me, we sit down and we rank things in Star Wars. It is a simple concept and a fun one. We have to have a ranking show because if you don't rank things, are you really a Star Wars fan? That's what we've always been asking ourselves. I am not going to be doing this alone this week. We have a guest. We're supposed to have two. Uh, life gets in the way. The force, uh, leads you down a path. Uh, so we have one today, but, p- uh, please welcome to the show. Long time, uh, listener, uh, you know, I'm sure she'll, she'll admit that, but a uh, long time <laughs> listener, uh, but first time, uh, contributor here in star Wars rank, please welcome Lauren Romo of the galactic podcast. Lauren, how you
4: doing? I'm okay. Ken, how are you doing? My friend?
3: Uh, we're all okay. We're all good adjacent, right? As, right, as well as right. right here. So let's talk about first about the Galactic Podcast. I always mm-hmm. love put the emphasis on gal because it is <laughs> gals and it's capitalized and it's uh, kind of fun to say the mm-hmm. Galactic Podcast. <laughs> uh, you and Andrea are uh, not just podcast partners. You're related. It's in the family. Star Wars is in the blood. Tell mm-hmm. me about the show, when you started it, why you started it and uh, the fun I trust that you have doing it.
4: <laughs> yeah, we definitely do have a lot of fun on the uh, Lacta podcast, as you like to say. And I like to say, too, it is tons of fun. Um, but yeah, so it's me and my cousin, Andrea. Um, we have been Star Wars fans. I mean, since we've been very, very little. One of my first memories as a as a kid, as a youngster, is going over to her house and playing with like all the Kenner toys. She yeah. had the cool ones. She had Luke. She had the Vader. She had yeah. X-Wings. She had all the good stuff. Um, so Star Wars was just something that her and I always, we always connected with. And as we got older, it kind of got more passionate. And especially when the sequel trilogy started, especially around the Force Awakens, um, we started talking about Star Wars family events that we were at. And my brother was the one that actually told us as we were having a conversation about, you know, why Star Wars is awesome. And he said, you know, you guys just need to do a podcast. He's like, you guys... Are passionate about it you know and you guys would i think it'd do really good and we kind of looked at each other at that moment and we were like yeah but who would listen to us <laughs> so it was you know the a question of really should we really do it and you know we him and hawed about it uh for a little bit and then we just decided to do it uh in august of 2019 we did okay. our first episode and uh, we just recorded our 50th episode the other day which will be yeah dropping soon so yeah it's uh it's been a roller coaster. It's been a lot of fun, though. I mean, I get get to meet people like you and other podcasters, so it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun talking about Star Wars.
3: Yeah, that's the key. Is is it's always fun, or it should be fun? And you got to mm-hmm. sometimes find the fun. But uh, I love also what you're saying in your story of, yeah, who would listen? And you know what? <laughs> that's the question that's fair to ask when you're right. starting out. I always say, it doesn't matter. Just do it. Just get your, sh- your show out there, and are there hundreds of uh, thousands of uh, Star Wars podcasts? Yeah, there are, but yours mm-hmm. is there, and I love that you uh, you both decided to do that, and and it's just kind of uh, seems like a culmination of a lifetime of fan uh, fandom mm-hmm. uh, to get to this point. I got to ask you because so today, what we're ranking here, uh, it's in the title of, if you've clicked on the episode or downloaded it, but to be clear, we are ranking the best female uh, character moments in the clone wars uh, obviously andrew was supposed to be here with us and uh, you know uh, we'll, we'll get her back on andrew if you're listening your, your place here at the force center table is is definitely secure <laughs> uh,
4: so
3: i've got some but uh, i was really interested in what both your lists were going to be i know some of what you're going to talk about it's great i do mm-hmm. want to uh, uh, talk about uh, you you are uh, uh Growing up Star Wars fans, like the story you just told, and mm-hmm. in a, a different era of, of Star Wars fandom, which prior to 2015, that's what I consider just kind of a many different eras of Star Wars fandom. Right. It got quote unquote better, not perfect, but got maybe better to be, uh, you know, a, a female fan of Star Wars. We mm-hmm. are far from even now being perfect, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But back in the day when you started out, was there any, what resistance did you face? Just kind of whether it's real bad, you know, bad stories or just like, hey, it was generally because I grew up was like boys toys, girls toys. And you just didn't question it. You didn't mm-hmm. think about it. Uh, we were raised that way. Did you t- t- mm-hmm. me about the beginning there and you two just becoming fans together uh, and, and celebrating it regardless of uh, who you are, just, it's what you loved.
4: Yeah. It is such a thing, you know, like you, like you were kind of saying, Ken, that Star Wars is just, it's for everybody. It, It really is. It's, it's for kids. It's for adults. It's for men, women, every, you know, anybody and everybody can get into Star Wars. And one of the things that I think Andrea and I like to talk about is just how, and talk to other people, is talk about how they get into Star Wars and how it's, you know, vastly different from one person to another, and you know, especially being like you said, being a female fan, you know, in the in the early days, you know, you had you had Leia, who is you know one of the greatest characters in Star Wars, Carrie Fisher. Um, you know, obviously it was her birthday recently, so mm-hmm. you know she is you know an, an icon, and she played that role so well that I think it made female fans like myself, and I think I can speak for Andrea, to kind of look at. The female character in a story differently yeah. you know because she wasn't just this damsel in distress she was this you know take charge you know i'm gonna get us out of here by taking the blaster and shooting down the compact shoot like yeah. that was her that was that was Leia, and she took charge and that was refreshing to see as you know as a kid but then even as i got older it it, it meant more to me too it just like it hit different and, you know, because obviously with life experiences and everything like that, you can, can relate to things differently. And, yeah. I mean, going from, you know, Leia to what we have now, I mean, just the array of female characters we have now. I mean, the mm-hmm. list, obviously we're, obviously we're going to talk about a few of them, but even in our list, there's so many other female characters. And it's yeah. good to see, it's good to see this, you know, getting these additions to the Star Wars, you know, canon and legacy But right. But, you know, there is room to room to improve for sure as as in anything. So but yeah, it's it it is a good it's a good way to, you know, really get into females, you know, as as fans and have a conversation about that kind of like you're saying, you know, it's it's not always easy being a fan overall, but especially kind of being a female fan, especially in like a male dominated type of arena like podcasting and whatnot. You know, it's nice to have, you know. Uh, other female fans kind of say, oh yeah, no, I I love Star Wars too. I love, you know, I love it all. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's it's really cool. No,
3: great stuff. Force Center, well said for you there. Uh, just, uh, you know, Star Wars truly is for everybody, but it definitely helps to have specific voices bringing their very specific uh, perspectives, mm-hmm. uh, general uh, specific perspectives and individualized specific perspectives, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh love, i uh, love the both of you do that and, uh, uh, you know, have uh, had the pleasure of meeting you to start a celebration in Chicago mm-hmm. yep. uh, right around the time you were launching this podcast, right? That was yeah. around that point. So yeah, uh, I know you love this stuff and I'm happy to uh, share uh, your joy for joy for it with the uh, four center fans. And uh, just like you are uh, mm-hmm. constantly doing it with the galactic podcast because people are listening to what you <laughs> both are doing, right?
4: Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> That's great. You
3: just got to start. All you right. For those uh, who uh, are familiar with Star Wars rank, you know what we're doing here. We rank five to one. We might toss in some honorable mentions as well. If you're relatively uh, new to Force Center, this uh, there you go. That's the concept. Pretty simple. Five to one. It's a ranking. Like, <laughs> you know, let's get to it. Uh, best female uh, character moments in the Clone Wars. Now, uh, up top, uh, and Lauren, please jump in here, too. The, mm-hmm. the Clone Wars uh, does... It, it, especially now that Joseph and I are really doing this deep dive in Clone Wars report, I'm just enjoying it even more for what it did in both expanding the galaxy, uh, adding to the story that we're already familiar with and giving us a lot of great characters, uh, right. particularly female characters. Again, is, is, is there always room for improvement? Yeah, that's uh, goes without saying, but sometimes needs to be said. Um, the Clone Wars did give us a lot more choices, particularly coming out of uh original trilogy, Leia prequel uh, trilogy, Padme uh, and mm-hmm. some very cool key supporting characters uh, that kind of kind of was it uh, so what do you think just about overall the Clone Wars what it does for female characters so Lauren
4: yeah I think what the Clone Wars really did is kind of open you know a a pathway to have you know multiple kind of different female characters jump into this universe I mean obviously like you said We had the Padames and the Leias from, you know, uh, the original and the prequel trilogies. And, you know, within Clone Wars, we got to see more more Jedi female characters. You know, you had the Luminaras and, you know, all all that. It was fantastic. And then you got to see other characters like Asajj Ventress and see them on the, you know, the dark side. So. It it was a great way to kind of engage and see different type of female characters and not just, you know, not just Jedi. You know, you had an array of different type of female characters show up in Clone Wars. So it did a really good job of expanding that type of uh, arena within Star Wars and giving Mm -hmm. us some just great, as we're going to talk about, some great female moments uh, that I think will resonate throughout the, the Star Wars lore, really, to be honest.
3: Great stuff there. I, did you, uh, I know you've been a fan for a while, but did mm-hmm. you watch the Clone Wars as it was out and about week to week? Or did you pick it up later? Where, where, where'd, you, where'd, you, where'd you find the Clone Wars?
4: Yeah, you know, it's funny. So Clone Wars is definitely, I was late to the game on that one. So when it was out, I was, you know, I was definitely a, a movie Star Wars person for yeah. sure. And then kind of, you know, after the prequels, not that I didn't, you know, nothing that was wrong with Star Wars. I just didn't like realize Honestly, mm-hmm. I I didn't dive deep enough to know that there was obviously the e- EU books, but then there was Clone Wars and this whole animated arena that I had no idea about. And then the, I think it was around the Force Awakens again, when I kind of that's when I kind of started going in heavy with Star Wars. I realized there was the Clone Wars and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, what is this? You know, what is this show? And I started watching it and I was just like, oh, my God, like it was it was such a good, sh- you know, it it bridged that gap between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith so well. And it gave more depth to, you know, not only our main characters like Obi-Wan and Anakin, it gave us like we were going to talk about like these great female characters like Ahsoka and like mm-hmm. kind of her role within the whole, you know, universe of star Wars. So yeah, I was definitely, I was late to the game, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I jumped on it for sure. Well, you know what?
3: As we as we often say, it's not late to the game. You arrived exactly when you needed to arrive, <laughs> uh, and it, it looks. I, I watched Clone Wars that was out. I missed the movie mm-hmm. because my approach was, I guess, I guess, I guess I'll watch <laughs> right, I watched right. it. Right, right he had. Even uh, Scrimshaw talked about joining it a little bit later, too. Being aware of it, seeing the movie in the theater and kind of going, ah, maybe not for me, and then rediscovering it as well. So, mm-hmm. you find it when you find it, and I think that's a part of the journey we all have, too. Yeah, for sure. So, there you go. A little overview on the Clone Wars, what it means, and uh, specifically to female characters. We've got some great moments here, and this was a, um, a list I know you, you both really wanted to do, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's get to it with your number five.
4: All right. So my number five is the uh, character, the daughter, as we see in the Mortis arc, which is one of the one of the greatest arcs, I think, in uh, Clone Wars. And, you know, the moment that she sacrifices herself for Ahsoka is, man, the ripple effect that that has throughout the Clone Wars, you know, after the fact is huge. I mean, obviously, you know, before that moment, there was a point where she Ahsoka saw a vision of her older self which was the daughter and telling her, you know, that her future as Anakin's student was, you know, she warned her about it. So, which is kind of weird to think about it now, you Mm -hmm. know, seeing as, you know, obviously later on that she, she leaves the Jedi order and does, you know, has to go on her own, her own journey. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, very nice foreshadowing there for me, but you know, the fact that she, she saw, and this is just my headcanon, Ken, you know, the moment that, You know, she obviously sacrifices herself for her father first before she gives her life to Ahsoka. And even that is just, you know, such a such a light side thing to do. You know, she embodies the selflessness and, you know, uh, empathy, compassion, all that. You know, that's what that's what who she was. And, you know, when, you know, when the father was telling Anakin at the time, like, you know, there's nothing I can do for Ahsoka. You know, the daughter kind of looked at her father And then pointed at Ahsoka, and it was just like, I I need to save her. Like, even Mm -hmm. in her last moments, you know, the daughter was aware that she, you know, what she was doing meant something, and it meant something to save Ahsoka. And just that moment, it kind of just gives you chills, especially when we see what happens later on with Ahsoka. And, you know, the more, the Morai character, who I think, I think a lot of us obviously believe that it's either. The daughter herself or obviously a uh, a symbol of the daughter for sure and how it's always around Ahsoka and even Ahsoka in Rebels says that you know Mori was somebody that saved her life. So it meant something to Ahsoka too, even all after all that. So yeah, my my number five for sure is the daughter saving Ahsoka. Uh it's a great moment. Great moment in Clone Wars. Oh man,
3: that's that's a great way to start the list here because the Mortis arc is bonkers out there it you really to, is yeah it's 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 wonderfully cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and mm-hmm. and Joseph and I are dying to dig into it on Clone Wars Report we were just talking off air this week about wow when we get there stand by we're gonna have to have a lot of notes and re it. And, <laughs> and but it's it's so it's just great it's something completely different but also is yeah. so fantasy based which is is to me what Star Wars is yep and you have you know this balance issue the son the daughter and the father and the father mm-hmm. keeps son and the daughter in balance. And, and the fact that the daughter represents the light side is, uh, is just a, a perfect just a, a perfect thing for this character and the way right. it comes up in leading to this sacrifice. And I think that can get overlooked. I think the specific moment of the sacrifice for Ahsoka, unless you're a diehard Ahsoka fan and, mm-hmm. and we are at Air Force Center, you know, you could focus on just the overall, like wow, Mortis, crazy stuff, right? Like what's right. going on there? Chosen one prophecy, which is a big part of it. But I love this moment. You picked it out because it means a lot. It does. It moves forward into rebels. It moves forwards with the Soka character, mm-hmm. and, and we still don't know, and maybe we'll never fully know. But uh, we don't know the whole uh, whole story there yet, which is, is just uh, even adds to the uh, lore of this scene. So right. great choice, right? Da- right. Yeah. Do you- is there any daughter merchandise out there? I'm trying to think oh god i thought
4: there i thought there was i can't i'd have to look up i know there they had like the little morai, um like stuffed animal i think i saw that at celebration one time there is i will say there is in um, amy ratcliffe's book of the um star wars women in the galaxy they have a great she has a great page of uh her and the artwork in there is is uh, is truly amazing too so i mean just Good representation of, like you said, this that character just overall is just fascinating, fascinating to me. Yeah, the light, yeah, she
3: is the light side of the force in, mm-hmm. in that. Area. And yeah, Amy Amy Reckless book is is uh, great. I have that uh, one as well. It's a great coffee mm-hmm. table book you can just pick oh, up and yeah. just. Thumb through it, and the and the daughter's great, and you know, she, uh, as a mortise god, you know, you're talking high fantasy now. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> she she will always be associated with the light side, and not just because of how well she looks or sounds. It's mm-hmm. it's the actions, and this is the biggest action.
1: Yeah,
4: hundred percent. Yeah.
3: All right, that's a great start. We're off and running here. That is your number five, and we are going to my number five, and that is Senator Ryo Chuchi ending the conflict with the Talls in episode 15, Trespass. And I'm not going to lie this one made my list because Joseph and I just looked at this episode hmm. on the recent episode of the most recent episode of Clone Wars report. And I knew we were doing this episode. And as I was, I as I was viewing that one for Clone Wars report, I was like, there's no way this character can't make my list. <laughs> um, She'll show up again. She's, she, she's in the background of other scenes and moments, but she's introduced here. It is uh, trespass is a great kind of one-off episode with the, uh, Uh, You know, the chairman, Chairman Chu uh, and his arrogance, leading them to an unnecessary conflict with the tall uh, talls. um, And uh, he ends up dying. But um, her being able to bravely, truly show courage to end this conflict and Obi-Wan to use it as a big teaching lesson, not just for her, but for us, the audience of if we could go this way, uh, wars, not just this war, but wars everywhere could end. Uh, which ties into bigger star Wars themes uh, tie, to me ties directly into some of the Padme moments of, of this wars as, as a failure as uh, to listen. And uh, she takes a big risk. And in this episode that, that you have this bombastic um, chairman Chow character, uh, you know, mis- conf- just confusing uh, strength uh, being really built on fear, but thinking it's bravery, dying needlessly for his people, getting uh, uh, the, the clones into a conflict needlessly, to have her just stand in front of uh, uh, the, the leader of the Tals, uh, Thaisen, and just risk being, quite frankly, stabbed in the heart to stand strong mm-hmm. is a great moment of courage in Star Wars mm-hmm. and featured uh, here in the Clone Wars, which is why we're celebrating this series. So that's my number five.
4: Love it. Yeah, that she is such a that. Such, that's such a great character and very underrated to me in just how young she was too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's almost like a Padme esque in the Phantom Menace where, you yeah. know, she, when she goes in front of the Gungans and says, you know, I'm, you know, I'm actually Padme. That's just my decoy. You know, just the bravery that she had in sticking to what she felt was right in ignoring, you know, the, uh, her her people that are telling her what to do you know so Mm -hmm. it's very it was very it's almost a very empowering moment for sure especially like i said being that young uh it's great great to see
3: jennifer hale voices a character and yeah you're right uh going against traditions of um of her people going against Mm uh uh, you know not just traditions but the ways and the way you know the the checklist of how we're how this is how who we are as a culture right and uh, going against that very much like that pad bay moment i'm glad you brought that pad bay moment in and um you know in the phantom menace it's it's it can sometimes be i don't know it, 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 natalie portman's line delivery of no i beg you i know sometimes people can put fun at that mm-hmm. i get that i get there too but looking at what that moment really means to me is this 14 year queen deciding to go uh you know these gungans that we haven't really treated right <laughs> <laughs> uh Basically uh, segregated uh, them from uh, us here. Uh, you know, we need to work together. It's a big moment, and, and I mm-hmm. think that uh, the spirit of it ties to this Chuchi moment, Senator Chuchi, yeah. uh, who uh, uh, later on gets to witness some big Padme moments too in the series. So yeah, for okay. sure. My number five, which means we're up to your number
4: four. All right, my number four is the one of my favorite characters is Bo Katan. Um, so many great moments. Obviously, I was I was watching through a lot of uh, Clone Wars that, that just to pick one. And the one that stood out to me was during the Siege of Mandalore, it was episode nine. Mm-hmm. And the moment that she's on the ship and they're heading down towards Mandalore, and they get hailed by Prime Minister Almec. And mm-hmm. obviously he asks, like, what, you know, why are you guys invading us? This is against, you know, the Republic and what you know what you guys said. And just, you know, <laughs> her her delivery of my of this line of saying, Your time has come, Almec. We know you are Maul's puppet and we are coming for him. It was just yeah. like straight, like straight to the point And Bo-Katan wasn't joking around. And then obviously he, his response to her was obviously he calls her a traitor to her people. And she says, I'm fine with that. And just hangs up the <laughs> the call, if you want to call it. <laughs> and it was just such a moment that you're just like, wow. And then to think about how this ties into the lawless too. When I was, obviously when I was researching this and looking at different things for Bo-Katan. In that lawless episode, too, obviously she's saving Obi One, and mm-hmm. obviously everything's happening all around them. He's about to leave, and she tells him, "Tell the Republic what's going on here." And Obi One's response was, "You know, this will, this is going to be a Republic invasion if, if I do." And again, her response is like, "That's fine. I need them all out of here, but Mandalore right. will survive." So, in obviously being the sister of Satine. She was very different than Satine. And even Ahsoka said that in this episode. She goes, man, you're nothing like your sister. Yeah. And it was such a, you know, kind of a a great moment because, you know, again, Bo-Katan, think about what she went through from the lawless and then, you know, trying to find Maul. I mean, I, I that's my guess is this entire time until we see her again, she was tracking Maul down to kind of, you want to say maybe seek revenge on, obviously, for her sister, but also to make Mandalore come together again. And again, similar to her sister, but very in very different strategic ways of how to do that. You know, so just her being that kind of steady, fast leader, I think that everybody kind of knew that she was, you know, and takes that moment of saying, you know what? Nope, I'm coming for you, Almec. We know your mouth puppet. I am, you know, you're not going to stop me. I'm taking Mandalore back for the people of Mandalore. It was just a great moment.
3: I'm, this is a, this is a great choice because without a doubt, Bo Katan jumps out as one of uh, you know, a kind of a cult favorite character from the Clone Wars. Eventually, mm-hmm. Rebels. Hey, who knows where else she'll show up? Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You um, and you know, Katie Sackhoff I think is a, is a, another just a great actor and 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 does some great voice work here. But just you mm-hmm. know, she's she's because of Starbuck and everything. She's she's got a great following and a loyal following. Mm-hmm. And, it all adds up, and it's such a great character. But yeah, we're trying to highlight specific moments, and that is a powerful moment, and something you said in there, Lauren, I really uh, gravitated to, of like, yeah, yeah bring, yeah, bring the Republic here, invade. Whatever you got to do, Mandalore will survive, and that going forward could be uh, something I think we could hear again mm-hmm. and see again, especially after the purge of Mandalore during the Galactic Civil War, something we keep hearing referred to right. in and that's kind of exciting, right? She's oh, got yeah. the spirit of Mandalore and she's yeah. a great leader for that.
4: Right. hundred percent. I mean, she is just, I mean, and so, like I said, so vastly different than Satine, but also similar. And I think in what they want, you know, they want Mandalore to thrive and survive. And maybe they thought in two different ways, obviously Satine being a very pacifist and, you know, obviously in that, in those terms, but, so, you know, Bo-Katan was more of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do the dirty work. I'm going to fight for it. You know, I don't care what happens, but as long as Mandalore survives and Mandalore thrives, you know she's okay with that. And I, I think that's almost so so Mandalorian too. Like it's yeah. just, it's great. Yeah,
3: I would love to see um, a, a fan of both of these characters. I'd love to see just uh, you know the Bo-Katan Satine family dinners prior to them <laughs> kind of splitting up. Uh, when Bo-Katan goes to the Death Watch. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's worth exploring. I'd love to get your thoughts on it in a, in a short time here, Lauren, because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're sisters. Uh, that's a relationship we don't get to explore that much in Star Wars, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. There's some other examples in the Clone Wars that uh, we could discuss for sure. But, uh, right. you know, there's these sisters and one in a great position of power doing something brave, which is Duchess Satine changing the culture of Mandalore. But I love bo I love the break, and I love the sister kind of, not feud, but just like, mm. all right, we're disagreeing with something. But I love that Bo-Katan comes around, and it isn't just to me just a, oh, uh, I don't like Maul, and this is all wrong, and that's mm. part of it. just that I think her and Satine might have been seeing some of the same things, but Bo-Katan interpreted some things wrong. Uh, Satine didn't want to erase the culture. She wanted to improve it, change mm-hmm. it, grow it, in, and for Bo-Katan to join death watch, which is pretty extreme mm-hmm. and come around to, to seeing her sister's way. It's, it's just an interesting story in their relationship, but I'd love to see more of that explored.
4: Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, just th- like you said, think of those conversations between the two yeah. before, you know, before Bo-Katan left. I mean, Ooh, yeah, that, they must've been pretty heated for sure. But again, like you said, it's so interesting that, you know, as vastly different they were at times, they were vastly similar. Like, again, thinking of how they want Mandalore. You know, I think the thing about Satine, too, was she wanted Mandalore to thrive and survive just like Bo-Katan did. But two different, very different ways of, of, of achieving that goal. So and it was very interesting, like you said, for, for Bo-Katan to go to the Death Watch that was almost probably a slap to the face for Satine, obviously. And that just must've been a moment for her to be like, oh man, what is my, what is my sister doing? You know, she's, you know, she's not, she's not thinking straight or whatnot, but for her, like you said, for her to come around and kind of see, you know, what her sister was doing was the kind of right way. And even for her to, you know, when the conversation between bo and Obi-Wan, when she was trying to convince them to, Come to Mandalore's aid in the, during the siege of Mandalore, you know, mm. just like she kind of threw Satine right at Obi wans face, and like, didn't she mean anything to you? Like, ooh, that was that was a moment too yeah. <laughs> that we could talk about for sure. But yeah, yeah, I mean, and always Satine was, you know, she Satine was a part of her, and that that was that was great to see too. That she always she wanted to kind of continue what her sister did, maybe not in the mm-hmm. same way, but she definitely wanted to continue what Satine uh, what her sister was doing. Uh, yeah.
3: for mandalore well yeah to come around and do it for mandalore and realize uh yeah exactly some of stuff you're saying that you know maybe the same idea different ways to get there
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh and, and then her her getting the darksaber from sabine now we're talking about star wars rebels Ooh. uh Ooh. the darksaber you know we know it, we know it's in play now with moff mm-hmm. Gideon. we definitely know that from season one of mandalore or mandalorian um and now just raise those questions. But I, I always say we always love the whys here at Force Center, and mm-hmm. it is truly it's it's a it's a case of uh, you know uh, why does Moff Gideon. Want it and have it. He's clearly got to use it for power right. and to conquer and divide, which is what Maul used it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bo-Katan, uh, as as they say in some of the the trials of the Dark Saber episodes and some of the Rebel stuff, mm-hmm. the Dark Saber can you can it can either unite or divide. And Bo-Katan, right. you said earlier, uh, Lauren, great point of just like her ability to uh, unite is what makes her the rightful leader. And right, perhaps, yeah, one hundred percent. Place in the story going forward, we'll see. <laughs> right, great list. Ah, you're, you're you're killing it, Lord. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're up to my number four. And this is okay, so this is interesting. This is my only Ahsoka moment, but I gotta tell you, I could have easily made uh 10 Ahsoka moments. Oh, uh, God, right, uh, Star Wars, right, yeah. right, yeah, you have to make tough cuts and. Just see where you want to focus. And I'm um, I'm doing kind of a two-for-one. This is like uh, when Scrimshaw chooses his battle packs when we're ranking figures. This is my two-for-one, uh, number four here. Uh, I'm going uh, Ahsoka Tano and Asajj Ventress, enemies to allies. This is an uh, episode 519 to catch a Jedi. I love when they are face-to-face uh, down below. Uh, what is the level? I think they are actually on level 1313 13 or, or thereabouts. Um. I love that moment because I love both these characters and I love that they've been rivals. Um, I think it's handled pretty well. It's Sith Jedi dark side, light side. Um, I think it's handled pretty well. I don't, uh, I'm not someone who always enjoys two powerful uh, female characters at odds with each other um, unless it's done right. Unless it serves a great purpose. I think their feud, their rivalry does serve a great purpose and there's some fun moments in it when they're battling but this is a pretty powerful moment to me where these two uh women have found themselves betrayed by those that they trusted mentors um backs turned cast aside they're not on what they felt their destiny or path or even just simple career uh, should have been and and here you got asajj ventrist uh you know, kind of slumming around as a bounty hunter and a damn good one, but not, uh, you know, this is someone who started out on the path of a, of a Jedi, maybe. So she has been tossed aside time and time again. Ahsoka Tano now tossed aside time and time again. And for them just to have that moment face to face and knowing that they almost have no choice, but they have to work with each other. But it's almost like, all along, you knew they needed to work together, and for them just to come together for this little sequence uh, in, in this episode, it still excites me. It still jumps out to me. I still look at it and go, "That's I want more of that." I'd love to see <laughs> again. Uh, give me a give me a a, a, a play on Broadway, Ahsoka and Asaj, down in the down in the underworld, having conversations and just seeing where they where they can uh, where they can connect. I think it's powerful for these two characters to not be fighting. But to connect over shared experiences, shared traumas, and uh, shared doubt, and a uh, need for the, you know the position they're in, and uh, I, I find it very inspirational.
4: I talk about two contrasting characters. You know, yeah. one like you're saying, one that you know was on the path of the light, ventures, but then obviously, God, her upbringing and everything that happened to her, you know, she goes down that dark path, and then you have Ahsoka, who obviously embodies the light a hundred percent and for them right. to kind of be at a point where they look at each other and say, you know what? I need you. You need me. We can help each other to, you know, to do good things and to, you know, to help Ahsoka obviously you prove that she's innocent in the trial. So yeah, I love, I mean, Ken, I'm a hundred percent with you. Give me a Broadway play of Asash <laughs> and Ahsoka adventures I yep. am going to every single show, <laughs> every right. matinee. I mean, I these are probably two of my favorite female characters, 100%, mm-hmm. because they're, like, like we're kind of talking about, vastly different, but they're also similar in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, like you just said. Cast yeah. aside, you know, and, you know, thought that they were, you know, doing the right thing and then, you know, come to find out, you know, they have to find their own way. They have to find their own path yep. and be – and be okay with that. Yeah. It's just, Oh God, those two together is yeah. pure gold. And I, yeah, it's, I needed more of that for sure. I could have took like a whole season yeah. of just Asajj and this. So yeah, bad yeah. Adventures, you know,
3: talk about your spinoffs. Yeah. I look, Asajj Asaj turns into this great character and, uh, Jennifer Landa did a uh, Happy Beeps uh, a while ago on Katie Lucas and her work with Asajj. If you all listening haven't checked that out, go seek it out. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. uh, tweet out a, a link for that too to make it easier to find. It's it's a great episode, and, and um, mm-hmm. Jennifer's Happy Beeps are, are uh, the best of us here at Force Center. Um, Asajj, was, uh, it, when introduced in the original Clone Wars animated series, is a great character, great design. There's a lot of just great, great, greats. Um, that could be it. You you could that could be the end of the character. Just that's cool, badass. Does some fighting, has a gravelly voice, and we don't know more. Uh, Katie Lucas comes along and makes it makes Asajj just this fully functional, robust, troubled, tragic character. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, uh, um, you know it's just powerful. And then it's powerful for me uh, watching it because Asajj she's on the dark side. Right. So it's like, yeah, of course you're going to get betrayed by your master. Haven't you been paying attention? You know, not to be a <laughs> problem, but for her to find an ally in Ahsoka and it's like the Jedi turn their back on you. What are you talking about? That makes it even more powerful, powerful for me.
4: Yeah, no, hundred percent.
3: Yeah. So there you go. Uh, uh, we've got Ahsoka and Asash in episode five nineteen to catch a Jedi is my number four, which means we're up to your number three.
4: Alright, my number three uh, might be a little I me mean, might be a little shocking, but uh I'm kinda gonna do a two for one as well a little bit, Ken, and I'm gonna go with the Martez sisters. Nice so enough. the uh, in the season seven of the Clone Wars, episode eight, or no, I'm sorry, episode seven, I apologize, episode seven, uh, where her, uh the Martez sisters and Ahsoka are um imprisoned by the pike. And the Martez sisters go into their tragic story of their parents and how they died. So, yeah um for some of you that might not know, but the it all happened when during the escape of Zero the Hut and Cap Bain was uh obviously getting him out of prison, and Cap Bain got a cargo transport to kind of lose control and they Jedi, as uh Rafa was explaining to Ahsoka. You know, Jedis were trying to catch the K- uh, Cad Bane and Zero the Hutt. And what they had to make a choice of either, you know, moving this transport against the the wall of the portal that, they, that was going down. Or they could let it crash into a very heavily populated uh, landing port. So they had to do the lesser of two evils and the Jedi decided to push the transport against the wall. Well, obviously, Rafa, as Rafa explains to Ahsoka, her parents uh, saw all that coming. They got them out, but they didn't survive themselves. So what is really fascinating to me about the Martes sisters is that we get a, such a different view of the Jedi from, I think, what we're used to. You know, we see them through the eyes of these two women that, you know, didn't see them as heroes, but almost as people that, you know, crushed and really hurt their, their life and had to, you know, because of them, they had to, you know, scrap and and survive through the, you know, the terrible level 1313 of Coruscant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously as Rafa explains, you know, a Jedi came and told them that, you know, what they had to do. And she describes the Jedi as in a dark robe, green skin, um, Mm -hmm. We assume Luminara is kind of my guess. I think that might be a good assumption, but you know what? What I love here is that Rafa says what Luminara uh, says to the sisters is that she had to make a choice, but not to worry, the Force will be with you. And at the time, I don't think the Martez sisters kind of saw that as obviously a good thing. They obviously just took it off as well. They the Jedi don't care, and this is you know they left them to you know survive on their own. But it's so fascinating to me that, you know, in the end, the force was with the Martez sisters. Mm. How? Because of Ahsoka. Ahsoka was there and Ahsoka was there to help them throughout their uh, dealings with the Pikes and everything like that. And Ahsoka, you know, was there for them to actually see what the Jedi were and what they actually were supposed to be. These people that helped other people that cared for and had compassion and empathy and, you know, that was such a it's such a tragic story to hear from the from the Martez sisters. But, you know, the the effect it had not on just them, but Ahsoka, too. You know, at mm. the time of, you know, of this, you know, Ahsoka was trying to find her own way. And she wasn't sure what she was doing. and She wasn't sure if the Jedi were were right in what they were in in their teachings and everything. And then to kind of hear that story and to know that what she needed to do was to continue to help people like them. And to continue down the path of maybe not Jedi, but obviously as a as a light side user as to be compassionate and empathy and everything like that. So, you know, it's a it's a small story within Clone Wars, but I think the effect of it that it had on, you know, Ahsoka and then even the Martez sisters to actually be working with a Jedi. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was it's a really great moment.
3: Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. Gosh, I have so many thoughts on this and I just, I just love listening to your thoughts. That's, uh, that's kind of the point of this. I love that you chose them because uh, Trace and Rafa show up season seven, that it was a bit of a change. Uh, They Mm -hmm. had the the Clonian team had a chance to uh, make a change with the character originally uh, one uh, male character. It was just one character. Uh, And it probably would have, um, you know, had some of the similar beats, but you were able to make it bigger and better. And these two characters, from a certain point of view, are in service to the Ahsoka Tano story. And that, that's just the way writing is. This is a main mm-hmm. character, meets these characters along the way, and, and they help her on her journey in, in many ways, shapes and forms. And, and that could, you could do that wrong and you could do that light. Um, Star Wars has done it well. Star Wars at times has sometimes um, uh, done it wrong, even in movies or shows that I love. There's some characters. Mm-hmm. That are like, Yeah, I get it. They're, they're there for the main character, but I didn't feel we got, we got to know them as, as well as we could. Not the case here with the Martez sisters. They they took their time and I know, and I don't want to get too down the negative path, but I know there was a f- lot of complaints. Season mm-hmm. seven, the big epic fights and you got this slow, uh, you know, what was it? Three, four arc series. And it, it took its time. Um, but because of that, it made the lessons that much more valuable. It made them as characters that much more valuable and important to the Star Wars story. And that sequence, the stuff you're talking about, Lauren, you, you've done, you know, such a great job highlighting it here because as Ahsoka learns this valuable lesson, she sees the Jedi through their eyes or she sees what they could do or what they don't do right, all these kind of things. But that is a lesson that goes to all of Star Wars when we're talking mm-hmm. about Jedi, particularly prequel era where they're maybe they're losing that hubris word we love and what it means to be a Jedi later on for Luke and for Luke again and for Ray going forward and what you're supposed to do. I see a lot of what Ray does from the beginning of of fixing BB-8's antenna, trying to help, willing to give up a uh, uh, part of her even life energy to 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 help others, and that t- ties to this kind of stuff here that Ahsoka's learning, not just through the Martez sisters, but from the Martez sisters. Right, and that makes it really powerful. Something that's going to stand the test of time as a Star Wars story.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, it's fascinating too, kind of like you said, Ken, that. You know, from a certain point of view, this you know this four episode arc was kind of frowned upon because I think as as fans and you know yep. we were excited to get to the siege of man the siege of Mandalore. You know sure. we were we were right there and it was getting there. But it's to me it's so fascinating that this four four part arc was crucial to me into the siege of Mandalore because of what Ahsoka was doing and what she says and everything like that. In my opinion. You Know the first four episodes with the uh Bad Batch, great fun, great Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, to me, those four episodes with Ahsoka and the Martez sisters spoke mm-hmm. volumes in in the last uh, uh season for mm-hmm. me for 100% in, in the Clone Wars and in how it affected, um, you know, Ahsoka going into the Seeds of the Mandalore arc.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you, you're so right. Uh, and yeah, let's be honest. And, and I'm, and I'm, t- I'm going to toss out the critiques that were surface level, toxic uh, level, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff of, of the Martez sisters, two female characters. And I know even their hairstyle, which was maybe more modern uh, to our mm-hmm. time, uh, you know, they'd look at home in a TikTok video. I, I saw those complaints, toss them out the window, not even concerned about those but there were a lot of fans just like, man, season seven, I want to get going. I want to get going. And I, and I, I'm like you too, Lord, I understand that. But that's why I think when you go back and revisit these episodes time mm-hmm. and you're going back, and if you go back and watch the clone wars overall, this to me is one of those arcs that will stand out because of um, not just the lessons stated and learned, but just what we as fans really got to learn from it ourselves. So yeah. Yeah.
4: hundred percent agree.
3: Yeah. We need more, a little more Trace and Rafa. I want some, uh, I want some black series uh, six inch fixtures of them as well. Oh,
4: that'd be so cool. <laughs> the, uh,
3: the Ahsoka, uh, you know, uh, coverall outfit she had on
4: there. Yeah. Uh, the
3: biker, biker gang Ahsoka. As I, was gonna call her. <laughs> um, I like it. <laughs> get them in there. So good stuff, man. Great choice, Lauren. Your list is awesome. That is uh Your uh, number three, yes, your number three, Uh, which uh, sometimes I get so excited, I lose count. We're (laughs) up to my number three here on Star Wars Ranked uh, as we rank the best female character moments in the Clone Wars. And all right, go with me here because this is a sad moment. And it's also a lesson of, hey, maybe we didn't have to do this or maybe we could have got more of this character. But that's also why I'm choosing it. Uh, we're going to episode 505, season 5, episode 5, Tipping Points and the Death of Stila G- uh Guerra. Uh, Saw Guerra, um is a great character. Uh, I love Forrest Whitaker's Saw in Rogue One. I love him in Rebels. And, uh, you know, I love uh, the introduction of Saw in Onderon. So he lives on. But Stila, Stila, her death is one of the more tragic deaths in The Clone Wars. It is also a death that has impact for the story going forward, um, where Ahsoka had a little bit of a mix up there, had to make a tough choice, made it. It costs someone's life. It affects Saw. It changes the way, or maybe not changes, but it just emboldens some of his thoughts and tactics, and he becomes just a linchpin for conversation and controversy uh, fighting the empire. And here he is doing this great thing, but the way he does it is, is to be questioned. And I think a lot of that is fueled for, uh, from uh, the memory of losing and the pain of losing Stila Uh, and right or wrong. I I think there's a lesson to be learned in what Saad does going forward, but but to to take it back to his sister, she had even in death, it wasn't in vain and it was important to the story. And it reminds me that she's such a great character. And every time I watch it, I do kind of wish she had lived on and we got to see more of Stila and saw. And, um, I think, I think that's important to me as well. It's just like this, uh, we need more of these type of characters, not just in terms of diversity and, and, and a woman of color, uh, on, on screen there, that's tremendously important to me as well. Uh, but just who she was as a character and how powerful she was and ready for the fight, uh, she is a great Star Wars character that did not live long and, again, served maybe some in-depth serving other characters' stories, and that's going to happen when you're writing and putting stuff together. Uh, but she went above that, and her death uh, her death meant a lot to key characters and key plot points in Star Wars going forward, and uh, I always want to remember uh, Steela Guerra.
4: I mean, just talk about, yeah, I mean, again, the ripple effect of one you know one character's death and how it affects somebody, you know, well past it. I mean, like you're saying, you know, Saw Gerrera into Rebels. You know, Ezra, mm-hmm. you know, when they were in the Geonosis, and I think it was in season four or three of Rebels, and, you know, he he had a picture, uh, a, a hologram picture of of Stila. You know, yeah. so he was always thinking about her. And, you know, it, it's fascinating to think about, too, you know, if, if Stila lives. Does Saw kind of go down that path of, you know, uh, rogue, rogue rebellion or does yeah. she maybe convince him to kind of go with like the Mon Mothma's of the rebellion and kind of stick to that type of, um, you know, uh against the Empire type of way? Or, you know, does he does he kind of still do his own thing? Fascinating stuff. And like you said, such a great character. I mean, like you said, you know, a uh, great character of women of color and everything like that. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, definitely one of those wish she, wish she could still be around because, man, that'd be fascinating to see her in, mm-hmm. you know, like Rogue One or even in Rebels. Would have been kind of cool to see where she would have been and where Saw would have been. But, yeah, uh, great character. And like you said, just the, the ripple effect of what, you know, what one character can do. This is a, a great a a great uh, example of that, for sure.
3: Yeah, Steela Guerrera, I keep saying Garrus, and my tongue gets held up on all the R's. Uh, <laughs> Steela Guerrera, um, also to me, like, I because, again, I, I really do love the character of Saw. I, I just, I've been fascinated with the character, even in this Onderon arc in Season 5 of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But knowing he was coming back, knowing that uh, it was a character important to George Lucas as well, which is part of the reason they pitched it for Rogue One when they needed that type of character, it's so fascinating, and I think Forrest Whitaker's kind of out there, bonky, bonkers, bonkers kind of choices as a performer. I, I, I yeah. just I'm mesmerized by Saw. I really am. But so as I study that character because I love Saw, I see I see that he f- probably feels, quite frankly, that the wrong one died. If if, if we if my mm-hmm. sister and I were one of us to die, it should have been me, uh, and I could never be her. And it it fuels his fire, and, and he takes it wrong. And I think star wars is about the lessons of choice and what you do when you get to certain parts. And so that's why, that's why I just love studying their relationship. And, 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 and maybe we could, uh, you know, get something a little bit before, uh, you can get in literature, star Wars literature. You could, you could maybe the early days of their relationship or just Mm -hmm. study who she is. Um, um, she stands tall for a lot of people. Again, she was there for in in a blink of an eye, Uh, uh, unfortunate, um, but uh, if, if you're if you're gonna go, <laughs> make <it> count, <laughs> and she does uh, right. tragic death, uh, and and it stands out for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, for sure. All right, from there we are gonna go to your number
4: two. All right, my number two is Miss Asajj Ventress. She is, as I said before, one of my favorite characters of in Star Wars altogether. Um, but the one episode that kind of stands out to me. Is in season four, episode twenty, uh Bounty. So mm. at this point in Asaja's arc, I mean, talk about tragedy. You know, she we know that she was growing up to be a Jedi. Her Jedi Master dies. Dooku kind of takes her under his wing, tings her, you know, puts her into down that dark path. And then obviously throughout Clone Wars, we find out that he you know he betrays her, casts her aside. She goes back to her home world of Dothmere and goes to her mother Townsend and the Night Sisters, and you know feels maybe that she's kind of found her family again, and then that gets stripped stripped away from her uh, with Dooku sending Grievous to attack to attack the village and to take out all the Night Sisters. So you know, talk about a lost soul at this point. And you know what she turns into, as we talked about a little bit earlier, is a bounty hunter. And, you know, she stumbles into a, a bar on Tatooine and starts kind of drinking her sorrows away. But then obviously gets connected to Boba, Boba Fett and his whole crew. And they have her join them to do a, you know, a a job that will get them paid. And I'll say as a bounty hunter, that's what you want to do. So obviously within this episode, you find out that the, the package that they are trying to Help secure is actually a a female character called Puma, who is being betrothed to this evil warlord. And as Ahsoka finds this out, she you know decides to change everything because as Puma was explaining to her that she got stripped away from her family. You know how do you do you you know she says to Ahsoka to Asajj in the episode. You know how do you you know do you know how it feels to be ripped away? from your family and from, you know, people that you love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was that moment of her pausing. And I can only imagine, you know, and obviously in that character's mind, all the memories that must have been going through her head as, you know, being taken away from Dathomir to become a Jedi, get, that gets stripped away and, you know, going through the, all that process. And then for her to kind of come at the end though, and kind of say, you know what, Mm -hmm. nobody helped me when I was going down you know, this dark path and going down this way of life. And, you know, so she decides to help her. And obviously she instead, you know, takes out Boba Fett, puts him in the crate and shoves him off to, uh to the warlord. And, you know, she gives Pluma back to her brother, obviously getting money with it. Obviously she's a bounty hunter. She needs to eat. So she gets money off yeah. of it. And I still think one of my favorite parts too is at the end when, you know, she secured the 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 money for everybody. She goes back to the loading dock and, you know, Boba's not there, but all the other bounty hunters are. And she says, here's, you know, here's the money. I took my portion, let, you know, and there's portions for Boba Fett when he comes. And one of the things that Bosk, um, Bosk was one of the bounty hunters. He says to her, you know, you don't want to join us. You don't want to stay with us. And she, you know, in a great way, basically she said, no, I have my own. I know what I'm meant to do now. So it was Mm. such a great moment because then I think this is one of those times where Saj kind of felt that she knows what she's supposed to be doing, her purpose and Mm. what her path is finally. And, you know, that's why this is one of my favorite, you know, favorite episodes and favorite moments is when she kind of double crosses Boba and the crew, because I think it helps her push Mm. her into a great, you know, path of redemption almost in a way.
3: Yeah, I mean, I consider her redeemed uh, in Dark Disciple and everything. Mm-hmm. I got to, I got to be honest. I don't have uh, a lot of insight to add to this. I just love hearing your love of Asaz Ventress because what I'd, lo- I'd love, I'd love a book called, uh, you know, Ventress: uh, A Life, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just a Star Wars biography of this character because, and specifically through. The written word because you could really get inside her head. And Christy Golden does a great job, I think, in Dark Disciple, taking a uh, great adapting, book, yeah. yeah. adapting some of the scripts that again Katie Lucas was working on. Um, she is again Asage Ventures. This is a great moment. You've chosen a very powerful moment, an important moment to this character. Um she is some a character that I think is is um, always could have been in danger of just stopping at the surface again, like I said earlier. Cool look, cool weapons. Cool voice and cool. And Star Wars loves cool, and we love our cool in Star Wars. But ah, man, it just, this character rewards you when you really dig into the story, what it means for um, uh, trauma, um, um, overcoming obstacles, uh, finding yourself, losing yourself, finding yourself again, <laughs> trying to. Uh, and powerful, just a a powerful character. I, I really believe Saj Ventress, uh, is is more powerful than, I think, I think now she gets a lot of credit and there's a lot of fans like you, Lauren, who, who, who get it and, and, and shout Mm -hmm. to Star Wars Hilltops. Um, but I think especially back during the run of the show, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: there's a lot of surface appreciation, which is great. You you need the surface appreciation to, to get you in, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think this character deserves a lot of revisiting. And it's for moments like these. So you can really get the full scope and power of it.
4: Yeah. It's just like you said, roll I mean, talk about a roller coaster of an arc. I mean, like you said, Dark Disciple, who man, that book is probably one of my favorites in canon. And mm-hmm. man, to see that's one of my things is I would have loved to see this play out, that whole book, Dark Disciple, play out in animation, because that would have been such a such a cool way as obviously just as a fan of of, of Asajj to kind of see it played out in animation. Um, but reading in the book, like you said, Chrissy Golden, good Lord, she can write and she writes well. And she wrote Asajj Ventress so good in that book. And, you know, like you said, talk about redemption from beginning to end. I mean, it's one of the best for me, her arc overall as a character, one of the best in Star Wars.
3: Yeah, Christy Golden. I want her to get another big swing in a Star Wars book. I mm-hmm. love, uh, love what she did with Dark Disciple. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting her a few years back in the old Collider days, and just love Star Wars and mm-hmm. loves Obi Wan, loves Satine, loves these Clone Wars characters. So uh, hey, let's get uh, let's let's start a campaign. Get Christy Golden writing some big Star Wars novel again.
4: I like it. Um,
3: that's great. Great choice there. Great choice, Asage Ventures. You're number two, which means we're up to. My number two, and we are going back to Mandalore. And this is Duchess Satine Rescues Obi-Wan Episode 12 of Season 2, The Mandalore Plot. And look, I'm going to be honest. I wanted to include Duchess Satine. And Lauren, (laughs) I looked at all the things I could have included, including just her giving Obi-Wan the what-for attitude when he shows back up. (laughs) Like, I love their (laughs) conversation. love Their banter, and I love that she's just kind of not afraid to stand up not just to Obi Wan but to Jedi about what they're doing in the galaxy, and it's part of the important conversations that the Clone Wars uh series puts out there when regards to the Jedi. She is a uh just, just this inspiring character, tragic character. Her death, uh, I could easily list her death just as I listed the Steelers. I, I just think mm-hmm. uh I wanted to go in a different direction with this, so I, I chose her rescuing Obi Wan because it it puts her in in a bit of um she's in a she's now an action character and i think satine is correctly and uh, very understandably remembered as a pacifist leader who stood strong who wanted to change the ways and in fact did change the the culture after seeing a civil war tear apart her people and that's brave on a massive scale and we could talk about that but i i don't want it to be forgotten that she She's not afraid to spring into action, whatever that action can be. Maybe it's not ruthless violence, but she's don't ever confuse her as someone just sitting back and going, we're not involved. Um, She's holding to uh, some strong held convictions, but she also believes in uh, defending people and defending those she loves, which is part of the heart of some of the Star Wars uh, conflicts with the Jedi. Uh, the rebels strike out, but really is uh, is uh, for a greater cause, and uh, all those kind of things. And so, I, I really love this moment. It's also fun. They, I mean, the, Satine and Obi Wan they're they're the rom com we never really got. <laughs> Him suspended upside down, uh, the great Jedi captured, and Satine she's got the dinner going on uh, with that was a Pre Visla, right? I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and she's got the earpiece, and, and it, it's just it's something different, and and it's different for Satine. And again, I think the other stuff is tremendously important, tremendously valuable, and perhaps um, correctly heralded as who Satine was. Again, this pacifist leader that changed a warlike warrior culture. Um, And we talked about the connection with Bo-Katan and everything there. But um, I just think this is a a spectacular moment. It's so Star Wars-y too. We never want to forget that Star Wars is an adventure, that serial adventure that George created. And and this is it. This is a good old-fashioned Rescue and Satine is rescuing Obi Wan, and we need Obi Wan to be rescued. So I'm thankful she did it. That's why it's my, (laughs)
4: yeah. I mean, talk about a character that again is is so strong. Um, but it's funny that you when you brought up that just made me think about you know, uh, you know, non Jedi saving Jedi. I mean, you you can go back to obviously, you know, Leia saving Han and Luke in A New Hope, you can go to Padme, you know, saving. Obi-Wan and Anakin in the pit in Attack of the Clones. And now you have, you know, Satine saving Obi-Wan, you know, and it's such a, such a great, like you said, it's, such, it's so Star Wars. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, the, the Satine Obi-Wan, you know, factor is so good and, and it's so refreshing to see, you know, from even Obi-Wan's perspective as, you know, he, as a Jedi, you know, Mr. I mean, you can, we can almost call him Mr. Jedi because he does, he follow, you know, he is a guy that followed the Jedi path, you know, through Mm -hmm. and through. But to even to know that this, you know, that Satine was the one that he would have left, you know, the Jedi Order for is, you know, awesome to see throughout, you know, their, their connection. But yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, talk about, like you said, going into action, the episode of Satine and Padme, you know, finding out about the Docs, um mm-hmm. and all that those two together again great moment um for yeah. sure and you know again Satine just being that strong leader and like you're saying in a warlike type of mentality she was the pacifist of it all and wanted to do things in a totally different way and you know it it was great and she's such a great character yeah so great she she's
3: just a wonderful character uh, yeah you talk about the the, the team up with Padme. I guess you could say it's a little bit like a, a, a pro wrestling super tag team, but you know, you're a big baseball <laughs> fan, Lauren, as am I. The, Satine and Padme teaming up is like, it's like an all-star game.
2: to me. Mm-hmm. It's
3: like You can see two legends on the field together playing on the same team. I'll take it. And even if it's just an all-star game. So that's what right. I think. A too. That's That could be, that, we'll toss that into the honorable
4: mention. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like
3: that. Uh, and, uh, Speaking of that, uh, we are going uh, to uh, take a quick uh, break uh, and get to your number one Um, and then uh, some honorable mentions as well, as we often do here. We'll do a quick reset and come back here on Star Wars Ranked. We are ranking the best female character moments in the Clone. Stick around. Dumb. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked. My name is Ken Apsock, and I'm here with Lauren Romo from the Galactic Podcast, a great Star Wars podcast I hope you check out. Her and her cousin Andrea sit down and talk Star Wars. I was a guest recently on it. A lot of fun, and uh, it just, it's just refreshing to be on a show that's just uh, full of uh, that fun spirit and uh, camaraderie and uh, you know, just that chemistry you have as family. You grew up talking Star Wars um, together uh, We're going to get into We are ranking our best uh, f- The best female character moments In the Clone Wars Before we get to that We have some honorable mentions But before we even get to that, Laura I got to ask you You talked about uh, uh, You know Your cousin Andrea Had a lot of, of the Kenner toys mm-hmm. Did you steal any of the toys ever For I- your own? <laughs>
4: I did not. know. I was not that uh, I was not that uh, brave and or was uh, not thinking that way when I was younger. But, yeah, she mm. had. Oh, God, I wish I could find a picture. Um, mm. But, man, she had she had all the kind of toys. What she actually had, too, was the Vader helmet that was like a case. And that's where oh, you put yeah. the yeah, you put the figures in. She oh. had that. Yeah, she had she had the good the golden uh, the golden Star Wars toys for sure. So it was did- awesome
3: did you both discover Star Wars together? sounds like you're rather close, uh, you know, family here mm-hmm. uh, as cousins. Did you, did you discover it together or was it individually? And then you came together at a family reunion. You like space wars. I like space wars. How did it, how did that come to be?
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it was just one of those things where like, I think we just kind of both figured that we were like, we were fans of it, you know, when we were younger, cause we would watch it and, you know, she had the toys and I I was probably like, Oh my God, I know that. And, uh, you know, off, off and running was our Star Wars uh passion began. <laughs> did little did we know. So yeah, I th- I think it was always kinda ingrained with us and then we kinda eventually, you know, found each other, uh, you know, playing Star Wars. I mean, we would have the old Fisher um uh, this is another memory of us. Yeah. We used to have those old Fisher and Pikeel golf uh plastic golf clubs <laughs> yes. that were green and red. So we used those as lightsabers. So that was uh that was oh. us. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah.
3: that's <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. So uh we are talking with a true blue Star Wars fan here, and we are ranking, like I said, the best female character moments in the Clone Wars. Uh before we get to our number one, some honorable mentions. And I gotta tell you, I had to stop my list after like literally after one or two. Like <laughs> simply because I got I went down a wormhole. We've been doing the Clone Wars report uh mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I love Mina Bonteri as a character. I mentioned her a lot, and there's Illuminari and Dooley, uh, and, uh, uh Sakura showing up mm-hmm. and, and a lot of those background characters, specifically the background female characters in the prequel, stepping up and, and having some moments in the sun Shakti, I love her in the training episodes early on. Yeah. And I just mm-hmm. was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to have to leave them, uh, for another episode because uh, I'm overwhelming myself, which is nice. Lauren, it, it's, it's comforting to know that there's a lot of moments to choose from here. um, Couple of honorable mentions for me. Bocatan. Going back to Bocatan, you you t- definitely touched upon it uh, in your uh, in your episode. But going back to to her her decision to kind of stand up to Maul, uh, going against Death Watch uh, in uh, in the Clone Wars and 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 not season seven, but in the in the like season five stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love that moment. I love it because it shows someone who's willing to realize maybe they made a mistake it's someone who realizes even though she was at odds with her sister it's her sister and it's her people and it's mm-hmm. um sort of in a way country first is what <laughs> is voting for right now, right. um, and she makes that call and i think yeah, i love those star wars redemption moments redemption is a big part of star wars and mm-hmm. a lot of it is about choices and Bo bokatan makes a pretty powerful choice there uh, more than just a simple rah, 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 she's going to fight the good fight. Uh, she had to perhaps even swallow some pride again, met, uh, admit to some mistakes. Um, so that's why I like that moment there. Uh, and then also I'm enlisting uh, Mother Talzin um, mm. specifically. And this is a moment I did write about in Why We Love Star Wars is the moment when Asajj kind of goes back home it is in kind of uh, the early, uh, early uh, big Katie Lucas episodes with Asajj and it's a it's powerful stuff for Asajj. But just look, Mother Talzin's a great character. Mm. She's kind of I don't think it's fair to say a straight ahead evil character, but I don't know. She doesn't do everything out of the kindness of her. heart. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> right. A
3: formidable ally, a, a formidable uh, rival Mm-hmm. seen at times um dooku especially i love i love it uh she's she's a, a dark witchy version to me of elena tyrell from game of thrones uh oh, and yeah, yeah kind of being in the in the side of uh, tywin lannister and that kind of stuff um and i just love what it represents the hug there's a hug um and, and an embrace in asajah's home and that mother talisman literally is that home it didn't represent it um no, don't need to go too deep into it or analyze the mother Talzin character, but I just think that's a powerful moment. It's great for Saj Ventress, but I don't want to take mother Talzin's, um effect of that moment away. And so I'm, I'm listening to that as an honorable mention as well.
4: Oh, those are, yeah, those are too good. You know, like you kind of go back to Bo-Katan, you know, with the, you know, the Mandalorians, you know, as we know, in Rebels and within Clone Wars, like family's important. So even though she was, you know, maybe against her sister, in some different ways, she was still like you said, they were still sisters and, mm. you know, how they, you know, they she still believed in that, still believed that, you know, they are family and everything. That that's uh yeah, I mean again, we could we could probably do a whole episode on Bo katan and Satine, yep. in my opinion. But um uh, oh yeah, yep. then Mother Mother Townsend is a great character. I mean, so I mean that whole night sister Mother Townsend, mm. God, I would love to really deep dive into that with more yep. lore. I mean especially with um, Jedi Fallen, Fallen Order and Marion yeah. as a Sister, Oh, God, there's just a lot of potential because I think it's so interesting and in how their interpretation of the Force is vastly different than the Jedi. You know, they see it as maybe yeah. more magic, whereas obviously the Jedi see it as more of something that they use that mm. helps them, you know, protect others and everything. So, yeah, yeah. good stuff. Um, I mm-hmm. have one honorable mention, and it's a Padme moment. And it's actually the moment um where she kind of tells Anakin like he needs to chill out a little bit mm. so it was in season i believe it was in season 5 or season 6 when after Anakin clearly almost beats Clovis uh to a pulp oh yeah and oh man that was that's a whole different topic altogether too but yeah. you know there's that moment that after you know after um their their fight you know, they're back at Padme's apartment and Anakin's trying to talk to her. And she's just like, basically, listen, you need to get away from me for like a hot second, because what you're doing is, you know, what you and what you did to Clovis is not right. What, you know, you know, there's things about you that, you know, I have noticed. And maybe you and I need to kind of, you know, relax a little bit and maybe rethink this whole you know, uh, dating marriage thing right hmm. now because it might not be for the best for the both of us. So for her, you know, for Padme, I think to be kind of self-aware of what was going on between her and Anakin and to kind of confront him too was to me a, a very a very powerful moment as a female, but also as, you know, a hmm. Padme fan, you love to see kind of her, her, you know, stick up for herself and say, you know, no, this isn't, you know, what's going on is not good and mm-hmm. you know
3: things like that so that's an honorable mention uh moment for me. yeah I, I also thought that with padme representing ah- ahsoka and kind of um ahsoka's later stuff and season mm-hmm. five important too but we have more to say on that so uh but yeah great stuff there's a the, that's one of the the things that clone wars always gets correct uh, credit for is is really kind of uh uh, respecting Padme and paying attention to Padme, and and not that uh, Phantom Menace to me absolutely does Attack of the Clones does. Um, there's some things that are very much of the time the movies were made that mm-hmm. um, maybe uh, choices they wouldn't have made now. And your Revenge of the Sith, uh, for various different reasons behind the camera and uh, you know story wise, decisions that George made with the story, mm-hmm. Padme is uh, not represented as much in Revenge of the Sith, and, and 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 that movie feels that lost uh, mm-hmm. to me. It, it, it feels it as much as I do love that movie and love that the focus was on Anakin and that's the choice George made. Um, and I'm not even talking about Padme's death, but just uh, you know she is she's not as present in that. We we know that, but mm-hmm. you know I don't worry about that as much because we got the Clone Wars right, and we exactly. a lot of Padme moments there. Yeah. So we're going up to our number one moments here are uh, the best female character moments in the Clone Wars. Uh, we're going to go with my number one, so the guests can close the show with her number one. And my number one is, hey, look at that, Padme. I like Padme. I actually really love the character of Padme and I've really grown to uh, appreciate the character a lot more. And, and, and I already uh, thought I had a pretty good um, appreciation of the character. There's so much to the character, so much to uh, her and, and uh, Kat Tabor, uh, Kat Tabor does a great job voicing mm-hmm. her in Clone Wars series. And I love Natalie Portman's work as well, but I am going for my number one female character moment in the Clone Wars, episode 311, episode 11 of the third season Pursuit of Peace. This is the big Padme. Speech. Uh, this is the one that involves Tekla Manau, who is uh, uh, her assistant, whatever uh, aides, who uh, is also related to uh, the uh, Manau family, uh, Nathan Hamill, portraying two uh, members of that family in Last Jedi <laughs> and Phantom Menace. Uh, interesting, fun connection there. Uh, this is a great episode. We got Padme uh, standing up to the banking clan. There's this vote that's supposed to happen and people want to extend the war and maybe fund the war more. And I'm leaving out a lot of little details uh, uh, as we just kind of focus on the moments here. But uh, Bail Organa is supposed to be the one addressing uh, the Senate. Uh, he, he can't be there. He's not available. Far, o- uh, Farr, uh, who's a great character who shows up uh, in the E.K. Johnston novels, too. Um says clearly, you must give the speech in his place. And Padme says, but they're expecting to hear from the great Bail Organa. He carries a certain weight. He's seen as a voice of reason. And 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 uh, Far says, you are very respected. Um, and she goes on to say it. Uh, her speech is pretty powerful. It's about serving the people, serving the good of the people, the good of the galaxy, and. Shows support, Lord. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read a little bit of it here.
4: Yeah, go ahead.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Um, she's talking about her aide, Tecla Manal. Tecla is one of my aides. Like so many of the people that we tell ourselves we're here to serve, Tekla lives in a district that rarely has electricity and running water as a result of the war. Her children can now only bathe every two weeks and they have no light in which to read or study at night. The Republic has always funded these basic services, but now there are those who would divert the money to the war with no thought for what the people need to survive. If not for people like Tekla and her children, who are we fighting for? My people your people, all of our people, this war is meant to save them from suffering, not increase it. I support our brave soldiers, whether they come from the clone factories or from any of the thousands of systems loyal to the Republic. But if we continue to impoverish our people, it is not on the battlefield where Duku will defeat us, but in, in our own homes. Therefore, it is our duty and our responsibility to preserve the lives of those around us by defeating this bill. It's powerful words from Padme. Uh, it's inspirational, it's, um, they're just important words. She gets a big thunderous applause, standing uh, ovation, which I, I think is great uh, when you, you you toss that to uh, Revenge of the Sith, and this <laughs> is how Liberty dies, with thunderous applause, and and in this moment, she was trying to prop up Liberty and deserve those thunderous applause. Uh, it is, uh, it is, you know, Joseph always says, he says, right, he goes, you know, Padme's often, often right, and the Clone Wars kind of confirms it, She's right. Not an a egotistical neener, neener. I'm the one who knows the way. But Padme is just, she is the soul of the prequel story. She is the heart. She has truly uh, uh, the, 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 the needs of the galaxy, the people of the galaxy on her heart. And she did as a queen. That's why I think it's so important that a, 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 this young 14-year-old elected queen was willing to die for her people, willing to do everything for her people. Uh, that is the part of the Star Wars story. It's part of the Star Wars fight, uh, what it's about. And she's speaking some true words here. And she is absolutely throwing support behind the brave soldiers. She is understanding that this war uh, perhaps couldn't have been avoidable. No, we understand maybe not everyone at this time knew uh, Palpatine was behind it. That's a different conversation. had. But she saw that. She saw the reasons why they were fighting. She understood it, um, understood how it got to that point. But she understands that maybe The true reasons were being forgotten, and it's and it's real. It's Star Wars politics done so so well, and Star Wars politics because of the prequels sometimes gets a bad reputation. This we know. Well, I submit this as Star Wars politics done absolutely right, and it comes from the mind and words of Padme Amidala. There you go, my number one best female character moment in the Clone Wars.
4: I mean, talk about a like you said, an inspirational speech from a inspirational character that like you said earlier, you know, obviously within the prequels, um, you know, we could have maybe wish we would have got more, but because of the Clone Wars, we got more Padme. We got moments like this to see her be her true, you know, her true self as the Senator, as this person that is an advocate for <clears throat> the galaxy to, to thrive and to be better than what it was and what it was becoming. And like you said, Padme was almost kind of seeing how the the changing of the tide, she mm. was very self-aware of what was going on in the Senate and how that was affecting mm-hmm.
2: the galaxy as a whole.
4: I mean, yeah. and maybe her and Mon Mothma and uh, maybe Bale were the three people that could see that. And, you know, like you said, a lot of credit needs to go to Padme for the start of Rebellion. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was a very, very important piece of of that puzzle. And I mean, like mother, like daughter, look at Leia. Leia being a great, a great character and very similar to Padme in so many ways as far as being that voice for not just her and maybe her family, but for the galaxy overall. So, Mm. yeah. Oh, Great. Great speech, great, great, great moment from from a, an awesome character. Absolutely.
3: Hey, uh, yeah, Pad Padme. Uh, I I still want more. I still want EK Johnston to write more. I I still yeah. want EK Johnston to write uh, the events of Revenge of the Sith through Padme's eyes. Oh just,
4: man, that'd uh, be
3: interesting. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of what uh, Queen's Peril was um, just works so well for me going through uh, parts of uh, Phantom Menace. Uh, I, I still think. um, you know, Padme fans everywhere would be really appreciative of of getting inside her head during Mm -hmm. that movie. So that's my number one moment. Uh, But that is not the end of our show. Lauren, it's time to list your number one best female character moment in the Clone Wars.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, talk about Clone Wars. I think, you know, obviously we've talked about Ahsoka a lot. And I think one of the pinnacle moments, I think, in not not just the Clone Wars, but I think in Star Wars overall, is Ahsoka leaving the the Jedi Order mm. after being accused of of murder. I mean, talk about a moment for a character, again, kind of like Asajj Ventures, you look back at what her arc was up until that point. You know, she trusted the Jedi Order. She trusted what was going on. She trusted Anakin. She trusted Obi-Wan. She trusted Yoda. She, ju- she trusted the entire Jedi Council. And, you know, in a moment that she looked to them for them to help her, they almost turned her back, you know, they turned her back on her and, you know, she had to fend for herself. And like you said, in the whole Asajj and Ahsoka mm-hmm. teaming up again, I think that showed um, showed Ahsoka mm-hmm. that, you know, there was maybe more to life than it was through the Jedi Order. So, you know, her leaving the Order was just a, a powerful moment for Ahsoka And again, self-realization on her part as well. But, you know, think about the ripple effect of her leaving the Jedi Order and not just obviously her as a character, but the entire Star Wars galaxy. I mean, look at Anakin. Anakin at that point of of the Clone Wars was very, very doubtful of what was going on in the Jedi Order. Obviously, that is, you know, shown in, in in Revenge of the Sith. But at this moment, you know, obviously at that time, Anakin was seeing things that the Jedi were doing that he was not agreeing with, whether that be even from Palpatine's manipulation, that could be, you know, that could be some of it. But, you know, seeing his Padawan that he, you know, respected and loved like a sister and for her to say, you know what, I I can't do this anymore. I have to find my own way, my own path, you know, and he in even that moment of him saying, you know, he understood what she was going through was powerful so you know just the effect that it had you know on on a lot of characters you know her walking away was just it was just amazing to see and then obviously you know seeing her through the siege of mandalore and then obviously seeing ahsoka through rebels is you know it's just it's amazing to see what she went through as a character and even in um ek johnson's book ahsoka is fabulous book you know you just read and you just love this character even, even more and, you know, so much respect now that she did something that she thought was right, not just because the Jedi thought it was right, but she thought it was right. She did it on her own mm-hmm. and made that decision on her own to leave the Jedi Order and leave a her entire life behind. And it was just a powerful moment and is probably one of the most powerful moments, again, I think, in all of Star Wars, um, let alone in the Clone Wars.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um- I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't have any kids. I don't, I don't have a, a, a daughter. Uh, if I were, um, I would, and, and they, and, and, and they became star Wars fans. I would, I would sit, uh, my daughter down and say, watch this arc, this final arc. <laughs> right. I want you to be like this person. I want you to be like Ahsoka Tano. Uh, cause I can't teach you any better. I don't, I know nothing. Ahsoka knows everything here. It is, it is to me, uh, um, simply put and and, and I have a, probably a simplistic view on it just ahsoka tano becoming herself yep just this journey you said it so well Lauren she she made this decision for her by her because of her with her <laughs> and, you <laughs> right.
4: know
3: it wasn't the the all-star team of Jedi characters we love characters she loved mm-hmm Gathering around her, going, at the end of it all. Oh well, um, sorry about that. Uh, you passed your trials. <laughs> Want to be a Jedi still? Weak, weak. And mm-hmm. she, ignored, and she had the strength to walk away from something that she always wanted, and more than just wanted. This wasn't just a job she wanted.
4: Mm-hmm. This
3: was her life,
4: right?
3: This was her everything. Anakin points it out, and it's powerful. Um, for the, a lot of reasons, the way it affects Anakin and everything. But this is truly a Ahsoka's moment, and and just kind of solidifies this. This Clone Wars, I, I don't think the Clone Wars animated series is just the story of Ahsoka Tano with other things thrown in. It is It is a massive story spanning all around uh, the galaxy mm-hmm. and so many characters. But the through line of Ahsoka Tano, especially where it ends in season seven, I, I like that um, the Clone Wars is kind of unapologetically saying, nah, Ahsoka is kind of the center of this story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. And the stuff in in season seven, it makes the stuff in season seven makes this even more powerful. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just again, I mean, think about when, you know, when she left the Jedi Order, that was the end of Clone Wars. I mean, we had no idea what was happening to that wonderful character that a lot of people grew up with. You know, so it was like, I mean, for me, I was able to like go to go to, you know, season six and season seven because I was late to the game. But, you know, I can't imagine being a fan of the Clone Wars from the beginning. And then that moment happens and then, you know, the the show gets canceled. And then the only the next time you see her is in Rebels. And it's just like, what, you know, what happened to her? What happened? And then we get obviously season Mm -hmm. seven of the Clone Wars and and it's it's beautiful the last four episodes her arc is again probably up there as one of the best arcs in all of star wars
3: uh 100 100 i I always say ahsoka's uh like one of my top five favorite characters as much as and i host this show star wars rank i really don't write like ranking things in that Mm -hmm. that big because it could change and new characters and new movies and stuff and new stories come along uh she she remains one of the top characters and for me, and I, I want to ask you about this here. I know you, you know, you, you come into clone wars a little bit later than mm-hmm. say when it was aired. Um, uh, I was definitely in that. And not as bad, you know, cause if, if anyone knows me, I'm, I'm not too demonstrative or, or pounding my fist on the desk on these type of things, not now and, and and not then, but I, I definitely had the, I'm come out of the prequels. I like some things in them. I don't like some things in them. Um, I'm wrestling with it. Here's this clone war series. I am one of those folks that was like, eh, I don't know about this little girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't know.
3: I looked at some stuff early on. I get it, but um, well-documented stuff, but it, and this isn't, I started, this is now I look at Star Wars a little differently. I go a little deeper, have fun playing around with the themes and what's there for me. Uh, mm-hmm. with the story, I, it was a little less back then. I, I definitely got the bigger themes was into the bigger themes into what Star Wars was presenting beyond just the story. But, I You know, you look at it like, all right, little snips. All right, I guess. I get it. I no problem. She can she can exist in this galaxy. I'm here for the Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, Anakin lights everybody. <laughs> yeah. And just over time, they do such a good job growing this character. Uh, by, by season five, she walks away, tears are in my eyes, mm-hmm. and I'm just inspired by Sokotano. So that's my kind of short, general journey. I want to talk about yours. H- had you heard... The pushback against Ahsoka early on, particularly in 2008, 2009, did you go in a little fresh or, uh, yeah, I'd heard some things. Let me figure it out. Tell me about your Ahsoka journey.
4: Yeah. So it's, you know, obviously I was very late to the game, but by the time I was, um, watching it, you know, you hear things, you, you talk to other Star Wars fans and you hear, you know, that Anakin had a, a Padawan first of all. And I was like, what? And then it was a female that was like, oh, wow. Okay. This is going to be interesting. And, you know, you watch the Clone Wars and like you said, I'm 100% kind of agree. Like at first it was kind of like, all right, who, you know, who is she? Sky guy, all that stuff. Yeah. But man, did that over a course of, I'd say a couple of seasons, you were invested. At least I was for sure. After a while, after that kind of initial like, all right, this is, you know, because like you said, I was here for the Anakin and Obi-Wan stuff. I'm here for, you know, the, the two guys, you know, the, those two for sure. But then you add Ahsoka into those two mixed and it's quite the trio and -hmm. their adventures throughout Clone Wars was amazing. And because Mm -hmm. of that, again, Ahsoka's character just grew and grew and grew. And then you get those offshoots of just her, you know, just her arcs, Um, you know, especially the ones with the younglings. That's one of my favorite arcs in Star Wars, Um, you know, with her teaching these, these little younglings. So mm-hmm. as the season in the show goes on, like you said, the development of Ahsoka was phenomenal. And you know, obviously I you can't say enough about Ashley Eckstein, A, mm-hmm. as a person, you know, she's yes. such a fabulous person, does great stuff for Star Wars overall mm-hmm. in her universe and all that stuff. But for her, I mean, kind of think of her like personal journey to like know kind of what were people were saying, but then, In her mind, knowing that, you know, oh, I I know where they're going with this character and people are going to love it and to stick with it and to ignore that negativity and Mm -hmm. to make this character into probably, I I would argue, like you're saying, probably one of the most beloved Star Wars characters overall. I mean, Mm -hmm. you throw in the original trilogy Mm -hmm. characters, too. I mean, she is up there with a lot of people's rankings. And as you said, too, I'm. I'm not a huge ranker. I, I, you know, it's fun to have discussions and fun to, you know, it's it's just good star Wars, you know, star Wars fun, Mm -hmm. but she is up there for me as well. I mean, she's, if I had to rank, you know, she's, she's easily top five, maybe top three. I mean, she's just that powerful of a character. And like you said, it's almost a, a journey of, you know, kind of stumbling at beginning, but then just nailed it. And, you know, keeps nailing it because obviously we don't know there could be more stories with her. We know at the end of Rebels that she's with Sabine and yeah. they're heading, we presume, looking for Ezra. So I'm hoping for the uh, Rebels, you know, a uh, shoot off of Rebels where it's just those two. And we talk about another dynamic duo of Sabine and Ahsoka looking yeah. for Ezra. Oh, God, I, I would love all that. So and then yeah. even to get her, Ashley Eckstein, to voice her in The Rise of Skywalker. I remember yeah. sitting in that movie theater. I was not expecting that, and to hear her voice, and I knew immediately who it was. Right. I was just like, "Oh my god!" You know, she's 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 in this movie. She's, she's there. in this movie. Yeah. yeah, she's there. She is in a major major Star Wars movie. Her voice is there. It's Ashley Eckstein. I know who she is. I'm freaking out. My cousin's freaking out next to me in the theater. Yeah. Like, because we know this is Ahsoka. This is somebody that we have loved for so long, and to get her into that type of um scene too with all the other jedi it was oh it's it's so good and this is why again she's one of the most beloved yep. characters in all of star wars
3: awesome stuff there lauren well said indeed you get the official force center well said and I wonder what the I'll say one of the final moments lessons for me for me personally on ahsoka is um you met, you touched upon it, Lauren, like, wait, wait, wait you, you're telling me Anakin as a, has a Padawan between episode two and three? I don't buy that for a second. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, as the character, I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, I'm on board. I kept thinking though, folding my arms, you know, like a, like a, well, actually, Star Wars uh, know it all going, well, <laughs> well, she's got to die. She can't be around for Renge of the Sith. And uh, there's no way. How are they, how are they going to do that? And it's just a lesson for me to sit back, let the characters be, uh, go on a journey and adventure Mm -hmm. in front of you and let these creators tell their story. Mm -hmm. Uh, They knew what they were going to do. And it is more powerful than I ever could have imagined. Mm -hmm. It moves me. Like I said, it inspires me going even into season seven, haunts me at times too. Great stuff. (laughs) And that is a lesson too. So Lord, great choice for your number one, great choice for your list.
4: You did a great job. Oh, well, thank you, Sen. Uh Thank you so much for having me on. This is yeah. love talking Star Wars with you, and I'm so happy that I could do this with you. Especially talking about female characters. That you know, it's kind of a near and dear thing to my heart because I love I love seeing female characters. I love them being propped up as much as they can. So uh this was a fun discussion, man. Some great moments, and like you said before, there are so many other ones that yeah. that we could have talked about, and it. We could we could do this for five hours, but I think we uh, I think we should keep it to to a list we, of five for sure. We
3: could do it for five hours. I got a I got a box full of tasty cakes that uh, our <laughs> Donald Long sent me and I gotta eat the uh, we are on our way <laughs> out of here. I'll tell you where to find force center, but uh, then uh, I'll let Lauren tell you where to find uh, her show. Uh, but uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at force center pod. Use the hashtag star Wars rank, like our Facebook page. You can uh, follow us on Instagram or subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget you can get merch at public.com slash user slash force center. You can support us at patreon.com slash force center or directly here through the anchor app. And as I always say, um, one of the good ways to support us is just to tell friends about Force Center. You can go follow me at Ken Absock or go to kennapsuck.com for information and all the things I do, including my little book, Why We Love Star Wars, which has some of the moments discussed here today. But Lauren, I don't want people to leave this show without checking out your show. Tell them where to find the Galactic Podcast.
4: Yeah, you can follow, uh, follow the Galactic Podcast. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Pod, iHeartRadio. Amazon Podcasts. Um, we're pretty much anywhere uh, podcasts are available. Um, we're on Podbean as well. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. as our main spot uh, at the Galactic Pod, and then you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Loro knows. Low Row Nose. Low Row
3: Nose. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to maybe tag you in something, and I've typed start typing out Lauren Rome. I'm like, no, wait, it's Low Row Nose. <laughs> i <laughs> uh, also tell them where to, where to find andrea i know andrea couldn't make it today uh and uh like i said andrea if you're listening uh, and i'm sure you are uh you at the table secure we'll get you on star wars ranked real shoot uh, real mm-hmm. soon but where can they follow her as well
4: yeah andrea is on twitter and she is at r2d2step on twitter well, there you go. A dance in R2.
3: That works. <laughs> uh, thanks again to Lauren for coming on uh, for this wonderful episode of Star Wars Rang. That is it, my friends. Star Wars has been ranked.